from KDNK Community Access Radio in Carbondale, Colorado, in the United States. This is program number 46 of the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. When blind people go places, we don't experience things like our sighted friends. We don't see beautiful mountains or romantic sunsets. The goal of this program is to identify and even create experiences that are more meaningful and just more exciting for us and for our sighted traveling companions. Frequently, as people lose their eyesight, they become more and more isolated. The tactile traveler hopes to empower people not only to go literally around the world, but around the block to new adventures in their lives. Blind rangers from people who are visually impaired and glasses and contact lenses no longer allow them to lead a normal life. To people like me, who are totally blind. To sighted parents with a blind child. Blind parents with sighted children. And blind parents with blind children. And people of all ages, interests, and physical abilities. On today's show, what to do if you're blind and encounter bears. And life made easier with 3D printing. With the help of C3D.org. A number of years ago, we had bears in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, in the alley where we keep our garbage cans. And bears knocked over every garbage can but ours. Every night, every night, every garbage can but ours. Because my wife's cooking is so bad. I was sighted then. Now I'm wondering what I would do if I encountered bears while I'm bringing out my trash or just walking down my alley, or even if it's a real potential problem. So I called a couple of friends who live in bear country to see if they've encountered bears. The first was David Floria, who used to be the curator for the Aspen Art Museum and owned an art gallery before he went blind. I tracked him down in Basalt, which is near Aspen. Last night, I was sitting on a deck with my partner, Betsy, outside of her condo in Basalt, quite near to a, a big irrigation ditch. And we get some wildlife strolling through the area. And we were eating a nice, juicy fish dinner. And a big, big brown bear, this is the description from Betsy, came ambling, lumbering around the corner of the building. And she said that the bear looked at her, and she looked at the bear, and then he just kept going. He lumbered down to the irrigation ditch and just started walking along the ditch. And I was nervous because I'm sure he probably could have smelled this juicy trout, actually, dinner that was on our plates. But he didn't come any closer. Maybe the, the wind was our direction. I'm not sure. But he didn't come any closer to us. Betsy could see it. Otherwise, I'd never know unless he came up and introduced himself and shook hands. Next, I called Lorraine Hutchinson, 
who helps with the show. She lives in the Colorado mountain town of Uray. My partner happens to have a vision impairment that renders him very low vision at night. And last year, it had been two years ago up in Uray, we have a lot of bear activity. And we forgot to close a bedroom window and heard a commotion at about two in the morning, thinking it was intruders. Rick got up, went into the spare bedroom, and the bear had one paw in his head in the window. And he screamed at him and banged the wall and made as much noise as he could. And the bear backed right back out the window. But he did take quite a bit of siding off the side of the house. You're listening to the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. Curtis Tesh has a lot of experience working with bears and people who have encountered them. And I am the district wildlife manager for the Upper Roaring Fork and Aspen area. I have not heard of any situations where a blind individual has come into contact with black bears, but I have had situations where a bear entered a dwelling and there was a paraplegic inside. This particular situation, a bear came in through a window. Fortunately, there was a caretaker outside of the room who heard the noise and was able to discourage the bear from being inside once it entered the hallway and then moved on. I don't recall if it retreated through that open window or if there was a door that was later open that the bear was able to exit. Lynn Rogers, PhD, is a full-time bear researcher. I'm a biologist, a bear biologist, and I've been studying bears and bear-human relations since 1967. We don't have brown bears around here. David Floria probably encountered a brown-black bear. The black bears can come in shades of brown and even white. White mainly in British Columbia, but rarely uh, across Canada and the U.S. too. Very rarely white. But brown is more common out west. Black is more common in the east. Dr. Rogers says black bears have been getting a bad rap. Black bears are not the dangerous animals that we usually think. Before I even started studying bears, there was a community here that I am studying now. At a time, uh, back at a time when bears were so feared, there were bounties on them just to get rid of them as vermin, as dangers to the public. Wildlife officer Curtis Tesh says bears are a problem for us because we're a problem for the bears. They were here first, and we screwed up their territory. We have a quite large bear population in the Upper Roaring Fork in the Aspen area, including Snowmass Village. The reason being is that we have a lot of main rivers coming to one focal point, the Roaring Fork, heading down valleys. So we get a lot of service and choke cherries. The bears have been taking advantage of non-native food sources, such as trash and crab apple trees, which draws bears into the municipal areas, which then our, our conflicts arise from that. 
He said the number one thing we can do is to prevent the opportunity to encounter bears by not attracting them in the first place. The risk of coming into populated areas worth it to them. And if they can get into trash cans, gain that large caloric intake, then it becomes worth it to them. So as humans moving into their habitat, we need to remember to lock all of our trash cans, lock our doors on our house, lock our cars, windows, everything. Wild animals don't get non-natural food sources. Once they gain that food source, they become habituated to that behavior and that's what they go after. So we need to do our part to ensure that the wild stay wild. If you're sighted or sighted enough to tell that there's a bear near you or any wildlife and you know that they're there, we typically advise folks to you know, make yourself look tall, put your hands up in the air, grab a stick if you have one, and then you know you can shout at it to, to scare it off. If you happen to be blind and cannot see the bear, if you are making noise as you're going out to dispose of your trash in a trash can, just making that noise is going to alert the bear that you're around and and typically they are going to wander off because they usually don't like to be around humans. Barking dogs will scare bears away. So if you have a guide dog or pet dog, bring it with you along with your trash. Situation where you have issues with dogs is if it's a sow with cubs and they feel threatened by the dog, they will defend their cubs by going after the dog. That's why it's important if you do have a dog to keep it on a leash and keep it close. It's when people let their dogs run off leash that we have had encounters with bears and dogs. We typically don't tell people to turn their back on wildlife because you lose sight of it but in this situation not having sight of it in the first place rather than moving towards the animal i would feel more comfortable with you making your way back to your front door um, and retreating that way biggest thing is that we don't want to make sudden movements i use a white cane and i've been taught never to back up because we could back over something or fall into a hole or off a curb so our next option is to scream as loudly as possible at the bear. Things like, bear, go away, over and over again. Say the word bear so your neighbors may hear you and might be able to help you. But it's simpler to start out making noise so you don't encounter bears in the first place. Music or just, you know, same things that we encourage folks to do when they're hiking on the trail. Talk to yourself, have a stick with you, banging on some rocks every once in a while just to let the wildlife know that there's somebody around and that somebody's coming up the trail or, or down the driveway. Music does work. It's just when people are super quiet walking down the trail, that's when you, you create an opportunity to startle it could be a bear, it could be a moose, it could be a deer, an elk, or anything. So letting the wildlife know that you're around is best practice. Christian French from the Northwest Association for Blind Athletes. Among their activities is hiking in bear country. Travel in groups of four or more. The reason that's recommended with four or more is that when, once you have four people, and guide dogs do count that you're making enough noise typically to startle the wildlife as you're approaching to they know you're coming. Christian also suggests finding out when the bears are active where you're going and avoid being there at those times. Nancy Limbaugh is president and executive director of Holiness Sneegas Wildlife Foundation. 
near Sill, Colorado. They rescue and rehabilitate injured wildlife, including injured bears. Nancy says here in town, bears are most likely to be around around dusk when there aren't many people around. When they're heading into, like right now, they're headed into their hyperphagia stage, and that just means they're eating pretty much 20 hours a day. So they can be out any time of the day if no people are around. So, you know, even just for safety, whether you're blind or not, it's just, just really be aware that they're there or can be around. Nancy recommends bear spray if you're going to be around bears. The problem with bear spray if you're blind is that it releases a cloud that deters bears for about 30 feet. But we can't tell how close they are. Bears only feel threatened when they're trapped or we get near their cubs. Bobby Schaefer and Jim Alt helped with this story. You're listening to The Tactile Traveler. Empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. Five blind guys heard that there was an elephant in their town in ancient India and they wanted to figure out what it was. One man felt the trunk and said an elephant is like a snake. The second felt the elephant's side and said an elephant is like a wall. The third man felt the leg and said an elephant is like a tree trunk. The next man felt the tail and said an elephant is like a rope. And the last man feeling the elephant's tusk said an elephant is like a sword. What they needed was a model elephant made by C3D Inc., a nonprofit that makes 3D printed models for blind people so they can experience things like elephants in a meaningful perspective. Caroline Karbowski is president and CEO. C is spelled S E E, and three is the digit three. She talked to us from Columbus, Ohio. Now 23, Caroline started C3D in high school. But what helped her come up with the concept started several years earlier. My interest in blindness started in sixth grade when I decided to teach myself Braille so I could read books in the car without getting carsick. And I was always looking for more applications to use my Braille. And when I had seen on the internet that people were adding Braille labels to 3D printed models, I thought, oh, that's something I could do. And I decided to get my technology team at my high school to help me out with this idea where we could have a request system for blind people to request 3D models, then our high school could print them, we could add braille labels, and we could also get other high schools involved, especially since 3D printers were just starting to really get incorporated at schools and everyone wanted to use them but no one really knew what to make. So I thought this would give us some good project ideas. My mom actually had friends who were TBIs or teachers of the visually impaired, and she connected me with them to find out what models students would want. So I visited some of their schools. I also just in my life would sometimes meet blind people and I'd ask them, oh, what model would you want? And the first person I met said she wanted a Disney castle because she had been to Disney World, but and had felt like some of the walls of the castle, but didn't know what was above those walls. And after she touched the model, she said castle was more than just a word. Now she really had a lot more context for it. And I thought that was really powerful. The girl's reaction, six by eight inch high castle, 
help Caroline realize her project's potential. I, I remember thinking like, wow, this, this has the potential to be really exciting and really impactful. And this was just the first person I had interacted with when I gave her that model. And I thought, wow, what else could we do? And what other big breakthrough learning moments could people have with this technology? That woman then connected me with some of her friends and some people were writers. They wrote articles about what my idea was that really got the word out in the blindness community. People started inviting me to conferences or places to present, gatherings of lots of blind people, maker fairs where I could talk with people that use 3D printers. And a lot of it was just spread by word of mouth. And we kept updating our website based on feedback from users. And now we ship models all over the world and we have volunteers all over the world as well. And actually, in fact, we're at about 3,600 models since 2017 in 22 countries and 46 U.S. states and Puerto Rico. You're listening to the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. 14-year-old May Lane Carnes has received two models from C3D, and they have changed her life. I have been blind since birth. My blindness is a brain-based blindness or cerebral slash cortical visual impairment, and it has to do with my brain's ability to process the visual information that I'm getting. So I have 20-20 acuity, but my brain cannot process and use the information that it's getting. So I have a lot of challenges challenges with recognizing things and cluttered environment. My entire visual field shakes like if there was a camera mounted to a running person's head, like whenever my head shakes, my visual field shakes. My viewing field is about the size of a cherry tomato and I can only see one small thing at a time and I can't recognize anything in my visual field. And I like to say the only part of my vision that actually does work is my color vision. Among the things she can't recognize her faces. She could recognize the labels on the package from C3D, which added to the excitement. I requested there to be braille on the packages and I think that little detail of having sender labels brailled is so exciting and you really don't see that enough and me and my friend who also knows braille who was at my house at the time when I received them we were so excited because we could return labels together and figure out what package it was and it was very exciting and then just to get to like get this really cool thing just like in a box in the mail and then you have it and you're set and it's very exciting. The first model I ordered like a 3D brain, like a human brain that could come apart into two pieces. And I use that for whenever I'm going to listen to like a neuroscientist speak or any learning that I'm doing about the brain. I will use that to get a better idea in my head of where people are talking about in the brain. And I have received a collection of role-playing game dice. So it's like a collection of dice that roll between different numbers that you use for different RPG games and they're braille dice. RPG stands for role-playing games, so games like Dungeons and & Dragons and lots of online games like that. Some people will feel the models once, understand the concept, and go on. May's models have become part of her life. 
I bring my brain. I call it my brain, and my mom gets very flustered about it because she thinks she's talking about that I'm talking about my brain, like my the brain inside of my head. But I mean the model brain that I have, and I bring it everywhere. So I'll show all my neuroscientist friends, and then I really like showing my dice to all of my friends that I do role playing games with, and it's very cool. They get they're so excited to see how blind people are able to do these things independently, and then it gets interested in brain. And different cool things, and I think very cool just about like within your friend group how to raise awareness about Braille and like just to show that like blind people can really do anything with the right supports. C3D has volunteers all over the world, but they don't all have access to 3D printers. Frequently, the files needed to print 3D models requested by a blind recipient exist somewhere on the internet. Volunteers don't need a printer to do the research. If an existing file isn't already available, either the same or another volunteer will design the model to be printed, which can be a lot of work. Ian Maddie is a volunteer who enjoys designing models. He has access to a 3D printer. Well, seven 3D printers. Ian is director of the Makerspace at the Mountain Lakes, New Jersey Public Library. Ian says it can take a lot of time to make a model the first time. We would like a tactile map of floor plan. Even though we don't know exactly what the project may entail, we know that we can do it. Recently, we did have a student in high school who was blind and he wanted a 2D floor map of the music school and have it become tactile. I'm really proud to say that we work together with you know, the, the music school, the, the student, the parents, so my team, which my team basically is me and high school and college students. And we were able to create a really good design, a great design that we have 3D printed. Caroline Karbowski says C3D is experimenting with building some educational tools. Butterfly Life Cycle Kit is a new kit that we're coming out with. It has two models of a butterfly, one where the wings flap and one where the wings are stationary, but it has the butterfly antennae and legs. We have a chrysalis, caterpillar, eggs on a leaf, and a butterfly egg. And we had this made with the Society for Science STEM Action Grant. We received funding to help develop this. And now we are finishing up and getting it available in Braille, large print, and electronic formats. Right now, people can request that as a beta model to give feedback. And we're really excited because this has been used at the Ohio State School for the Blind. And we're also going to mail it to some schools for the blind in Sierra Leone and Kenya to get feedback from students there. Most C3D models are free. We do provide models for free and people can donate if they would like. And sometimes if we have a very large order, we might do a, re a quote or something just to help with the cost of all that filament. And sometimes like for larger organizations, we'll ask that people donate something if we're doing say 200 models for them. Caroline's a biochemist at Ohio State University. She'll be starting graduate school next year. In addition to everything else, she's starting up a company developing a more affordable Braille display. Caroline says C3D needs volunteers from all over the world. People who have 3D printers and want to get involved with C3D, we could definitely use more help designing and printing models, as well as sanding, clean up our models, writing descriptions of models. That's a big thing we do is we create kits such as we have an anatomy kit, a USA kit and a butterfly life cycle kit. 
and we need people to create descriptions of the models so that way when users touch them, they know what they're touching and have context. So there's a lot of ways people can get involved, even if it doesn't involve 3D printing. And we work with people all over the world. I've actually worked with people in Saudi Arabia and Sudan and France, Germany, China, all these are various volunteers who we were able to work with since a lot of our volunteer work is electronic. So I find that really powerful when we can collaborate with people across the globe using a common medium. Models can be ordered from their web page. Anyone who's blind or a parent, teacher, or guardian of someone who's blind can go on our website, c3d.org, and there is a form to put in your request, and then we coordinate with volunteers in our Slack workspace to figure out who's going to print that model, and then we mail it. Chansey Fleet helped with this story. Why, it's my talking scale, reminding us that we'd like you to weigh in on how we're doing. Please send us an email to the tactile traveler at gmail.com. We spell traveler the American way with one L. We'd also like to hear your story ideas from all over the world. Please send us an email to the tactile traveler at gmail.com. If you'd like to help underwrite this program, please send us an email with underwriting in the subject line to the tactile traveler at gmail.com. Transcripts of this program are available for our deaf listeners by searching the tactile traveler in any search engine. This program is also being broadcast on the Audio Information Network of Colorado and in additional states. We'd like to thank the following people and organizations that help make today's program possible. Apple Accessibility Tech Support. Be My Eyes Microsoft Accessibility Tech Support. Leslie Steffen, Pat Conroe, Lorraine Hutchinson. Debbie O'Leary, Sarah Williams, Sophia Williams, Kaylee Romero, and Raleigh Burley. You're listening to The Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. This has been a production of KDNK Community Access Radio, Carbondale, Colorado.